Wait, what are we talking about? All right, well, welcome, welcome to EM Over Easy. Um, I'm Andy Little here, joined today with uh, the original three, Drew Tanner, myself. And we have a guest with us today, Christopher Lloyd. No, not Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Um, sorry, I thought of that. It's on Netflix now, so I've been watched it with my kids. Gigawatts, Marty. Um, our Dr. Lloyd is actually a real doctor. Um, he has less hair than the other Christopher Lloyd, but we uh, like him much better than uh, the other one because he lives here and because he's taught us throughout our residency. So, Chris, it's good to have you. This is the lead-in you were practicing? Yes. Creatively going with the Back to the Future reference? It's not creative. So creative. <laughs> it's not creative at all. But I thought about it, that I have to try to up my game and be like Drew, so I actually thought about what I was going to say. No. Well, thanks for having me. No, I really appreciate it. You guys have actually been doing a really awesome job with this. I've listened to most of the episodes, uh, usually out on runs, and uh, they are uh, very, very well put together. So you guys are doing a good job. When you try to run faster so you don't have to finish the episode? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> it's usually it's usually mid-run, and then after a while I decide, well, I need to turn on music because the pace is sometimes going a little bit too slow. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, everything goes well. Yeah. And we're really excited to have Chris because I think even when we when our podcast when it was in its infancy, in fact, I remember when I was at Cord and I was at the, the lecture that kind of sparked the thought, my third thought was we have to have Chris on the show or on, on the podcast, and then we're only 20 episodes in, and we finally got you here. So a little late um, to the game, but we're, we're, we're glad to have you. So today we wanted to talk about something that Chris has been kind of a champion of at our program, um, and it's the idea of how do, how do we get things done, how do we manage um, the life of being a doctor and being a resident and being a spouse and being all the other things in our lives and then compiling that into not letting our professional um, and our educational lives kind of go to the wayside. Um, so, Chris, I think that's a good lead-in for you to kind of just give us your. We want to. We talk about the five top. Chris's top five tips for getting things done. Yeah. So one of the just to give some background in how I got into this because uh, I you, it's flattering you call me a champion, but I in no way feel that I'm an, an expert at this. It's just something that I have a, a large interest in and have really gotten into over the last couple of years. Um, when I uh, when I graduated from residency and my method of trying to get anything done was essentially a method of piles and uh, as my wife will tell you in our back of our apartment in Chicago um, I had several piles where I had like my work pile and then I had my home pile and then I had the need to send these receipts in pile and the books to read pile and on any given day I would be like okay I've got two hours to do some stuff I'll make a little list on a piece of paper and that would take about half an hour as I tried to figure out what I wanted to do and then I would check my email and and then I would go make some coffee and then I I would actually maybe get 15 minutes of something done and then that list would go on another pile and you would find that over time you just really weren't getting anything done. Um, so probably about three years ago I was uh, as part of a leadership course with our company uh, got into the uh, David Allen's book Getting Things Done uh, which can get kind of cultish if you've been a part of it before if you've looked at any of the online forums like there are some people who are very go right by David Allen's method and if you're not using David Allen's method you're doing it all wrong um, you which, get nothing which done. Drew can chime in as you know not everybody's system is the right system and you know he has his own thoughts on some of that but uh, I, I got into it and I found that it was a good framework for figuring out how to organize all of the things in my life that needed to be done and I think that's kind of the first tip we can kind of delve into is being aware of how much we try to keep in our heads at any given time David Allen's very fond of saying you know your heads for having ideas it's not for holding ideas and being able to unload everything that you might have at any given time is is very important for being aware of what you need to do so when I remember when I read the book last year um, 
it was one of those things that right before Chief Uri, Chris gave it to me and I read it. And, and the biggest thing I took from that was is that I had to be self-aware that my system might not be the best system. So that was to kind of go to your point is that we do have a ton of stuff that we're trying to get done, more than the average person. Like I remember I sat down with my wife last year as a chief and I made a list of all the things I had to do in a calendar week. And she looks at me and goes, you were crazy to try to do this. And I was like, well, I have to. Um, and so it was literally like, it was reading that book was more just the awakening of is that my current system up till that point was not going to equip me to do what I had to do to be chief or really to step up in any major role outside of just being a resident. Um, and so that's what, to speak to your first point is you have to be understand that what you're doing now might not be what's best for you. For me, I just knew I was terrible at everything organizational. Uh, my room was always messy. Everything I agree else, my with life that completely. was messy. And so I'm really just doing this as a way to try to prove to all of my college roommates and family members that this can be organized. But Tanner's not a slob. Um, and prove to my wife that I can be organized. So it's really that challenge of just proving them all wrong. Nice. So, so to sum up Tanner in a nutshell, he uh, stayed with my mom for uh, a while in <laughs> November. Awkward. Uh, of our, of our fourth, fourth year of medical school in Chicago was he was doing our audition rotation. I was there. Stayed in a room time. at your mother's house. Well, it kind of in a room. It was like. Yeah, corner of the living room, actually, yeah, because we were all... Yeah, it was really a room room, but... Because, you know, it was the holidays and people were around and he was auditioning. And Tanner, my mom made a comment one day, she, she walks around and, and sees his stuff, and he goes, well, at least it's contained to the air mattress he's sleeping on, because it was like, everything around it was clean, but the air mattress was just... just blow. You couldn't even figure out how somebody could sleep yeah. or function or, or you just wedged find yourself anything. In a it was the equivalent of, of a hoarder's air mattress. Like, it was just little piles of stuff on top of an air mattress. And that's, well, well, that's the, the hoarder thing, and... and my son, actually, who's seven years old, you can see where he gets some of these habits because my wife made the comment that he's a hoarder because he now does what I used to do where you find little piles of his art projects around the house and you find his pile of books. And if you try to do anything with any of them, he tells you that's exactly where they are supposed yeah, to be. I put it there for a reason. Well, why? Uh, we, it's there for a reason. We used to play a game in college where since all my stuff was disorganized and just everywhere, my roommates would accuse me of not knowing where anything is. And I said, absolutely not. I know exactly where everything yeah, You know is. which pile it's in. You know where to go to get it. And it's right there. We made a drinking game out of me facing away from all my stuff and then picking out an object and saying, where is it? And I would describe exactly where it was. It was very fun. So th these are the reasons why we need to do these sort of yeah. things. And, a, and a, good, a good kind of practice to do to figure out how much stuff you actually have to do. Uh, and I d I've done this a couple of times where you just take a piece of paper and you'll find you'll need several pieces of paper and just empty out your head. Like go through e even just little stuff. Like you need to do your laundry. You need to fold your laundry. You need to work on this presentation. You need to have this paper ready by the end of the week. You need to put in your schedule requests. And as you go through like each aspect of your life, whether it's your own personal life and your wellness plan or what you need to do for work or what you need to do for certification or what you need to do for the residency or what you need to do with your family. And you can see how it just snowballs. And by writing all that stuff, down now it's out of your head and you'd be amazed at how kind of invigorating that is to have your head empty and have it all written down in front of you where you don't need to think about it anymore it's actually terrifying i don't know if invigorating is the word i would use because uh <laughs> i did this you, you actually had us some of the uh the senior residents in our program do this and i got to like page two and i was barely through like an entire day of things to do let alone a week or a month of things to do and i was like okay i gotta stop for a few minutes and gather my thoughts and figure out how I'm actually going to approach life because I thought about crawling into a hole and never coming out again. <laughs> yeah, and, and David Allen calls that like the mind dump. Like you essentially just empty yourself out and it is stressful when you do it. 
but then but then the next step comes in where you actually organize that together and formulate a plan and having kind of a free mind uh, you're more creative that way I mean you guys are working on this podcast and you know coming up with ideas that's one aspect of your to-do list and it's gonna be a lot easier to you know be creative and do what you want to do with uh, with the podcast when you're not thinking about oh I got to go to the grocery store I got to get the laundry done I got to get a birthday present for my wife and everything else that just comes with everyday life I love the brain dump it's like what it just I feel like euphoric after it's done because I'm like oh my gosh nothing is in my brain anymore because I thought of every possible thing I can I don't have to worry about it because if I just really really want to think of something I can look at that piece of paper or type it up well and I like it mostly because it, it, it allows you to take a step back from your mind and look look at look at your list from a 50,000 foot view and say this is important like literally like highlight that these are the must to do's these are the maybe to like to me it was it, it, with that list I was able to come up with four or five other lists of to prioritize what needed to get done so all right so mind dump what are we do, what are we doing next what's the next so you don't want to have to do a mind dump every day or every week like that's something that you do to just clear everything out the first time around your, your next step is you need to develop some form of a collecting system so that on a daily basis or even by a minute by minute basis if you come up with something that needs to be done you have somewhere to put it and people use you know notepads for this you can just have a notepad with you all the time and write down stuff as it comes to you uh, if you're using a, an app on your phone, and I'm not going to delve into the tech stuff of this with this episode because that's a rabbit hole you can get lost in very quickly, uh, but there are a lot of apps you can use for your self and time management where using Siri or just typing it into your phone, if I'm, say, driving in the car and I can just say, Siri, remind me to talk to Julie about schedule requests later this evening, or Siri, remind me to... Uh, look up tickets for Lucas's birthday this weekend because we were going to go to Cedar Point last weekend. Uh, stuff like that. So then it's the reminders there and it's out of my head. So you need to have that collecting system in place so that at any given time, whether you are in the car, on a shift, at home, you can find some way to offload that information so that it's out of your head. Because if you don't do it right then, chances are you're probably going to forget about it. I have noticed when I do this, when I'm really good about capturing everything and right as it comes in, I think of it, I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea or that's a really cool book. I wanna make sure I think, remember that down the road. If, I, if I'm in a good frame of mind and I'm doing that really well, I capture a ton of stuff and I get a lot more stuff done. Whereas if I am not so good or I'm just distracted or whatever, that's when things fall through the cracks and I forget to send emails and then Drew has to remind me to do things and it gets a little awkward then. Yeah, and it's nice to have, like, you, you mentioned books. That's a great one. I've got, a, in my system, I've got a category of books to read. And there's some books on there that have been on there for six, eight months, a year. And that's okay. Like, I just haven't gotten around to reading them. But I'm also not going to forget about them because next time I want to go get a book on iTunes or whatever, I just go look at my list and say, all right, what do I feel like getting? What haven't I not really looked at recently? And go from there. No, for me, it's I like that mostly, like, in things that I – and want to do is that actually a trick that was learned from Drew and Tanner's group is one of the chiefs and one of the seniors in their class takes pictures of things. So they get an email, they take a picture of it. And I thought that was like a pretty ingenious thing. So now whenever I have an email I want to reply to, I now have a folder on my phone, reply to this email. And, and I go through every, every couple of days, I'm like, oh, need to reply to that. And it's been truly ingenious to where I'm using technology you, that I'm already using. Do you take a picture of the email you're going to reply to, or do you actually put it in a folder on your email to reply to? I, I take a picture of it, because I look at my pictures every couple of days, and so it's a place I'm already looking. Um, so okay. that, that's why I chose it. Seems counterintuitive to me, but if it works, yeah. it works. No, that's, and, and, and it's one of those that I, I, because this one other senior did it, I tried it, and I was like, I'm already doing this. So that's, I think that's the key, is find something that you're already doing 
and use a tool that, that's easily not don't try to redefine yourself and find a new tool that you have to use that works yeah try to see how you can work that into what you're currently that's doing. a good point you don't this is supposed to be something that makes your life easier so you don't want to turn it into something where you're spending all of your time managing your collection system and going through your to-do lists and managing that and then you're not actually doing anything so you've offloaded your mind so your mind's clear but you're not actually accomplishing anything because all you're doing is putting it. You've you've now made the piles in the cloud, so the piles aren't laying around your house anymore. They're they're on the computer or in your phone. Uh, the whole idea behind doing this is to free up chunks of time so that you can actually get things done. So something I struggle. Why well, I don't struggle with as much anymore because I've realized it just is a system for failure. But I think probably a lot of us got this way, and, and Chris, you and I have had this conversation because you probably did the same thing or you admitted to doing the same thing in years, but through high school, college, even probably medical school in the beginning of residency, the attitude of, you know what, it's always gotten done, so this will get done, is, is a momentum that a lot of us have gotten through life up to some point on. At whatever point you realize that there's too much to do to rely on the theory that it's just always going to get done. So it's one thing to organize all your thoughts, and I've started to be much better at organizing all the things I need to get done. What's your, what's your onus to actually get your stuff done because I, I find that to be a struggle sometimes. So, you know, uh, perfect example is I have a presentation in two days. I have mapped out the presentation in my head. I have gone through the lecture four or five times on a run or a bike ride, and yet there's actually nothing tangible yet on a PowerPoint or on even a piece of paper to go along with it. And now I have to turn in the thoughts and the process and the part that I've gotten done so far into actually getting it done, and I'm having a hard time with that momentum of actually finishing. And I think that's maybe one of the hardest things is uh, the point is finishing. We're really good at starting a lot of projects, finding things that are interesting and, and getting excited about something, but it's actually finishing the project that is a big challenge to me sometimes and I think a challenge to a lot of people. Technically, at this point, you should remove your coffee from the table because coffee is for closers. Nobody I, gets that reference? Don't got, know like, what you just said. Mild, mild laughs and smiles. What, Dang what, it. What are you talking about? He was so excited too. Like he I was, was yeah. so he excited. Was into his Jumping mic. in his seat. There was Jump like, I don't even know the name of the movie now. Right now, because well, great. I'm, Thanks. I'm actually, had, I actually had a perfect way to go exactly how Drew was saying, and I am. I refuse to use the word that you guys love to use involving a certain white bird and the uh, <laughs> hind end of an animal. But one thing that I will say is dovetail. Hashtag dovetail. <laughs> but. What you're describing actually goes into the, the next point I have here is somehow I knew that when you are creating your list of what you need to get done, you need to have that make sense to you. And what you're describing is you actually have most of that presentation done. Sure. Uh, if, I, if I'm putting a presentation together, I divide it up into those steps. Like number one is brainstorming and making a storyboard so I know what I want to talk about. Number two is looking up whether there's some references that I want or actually coming up with some of the hard... Uh, like reference information that I want for a presentation if I'm giving it for the residency. Um, and then the, the last step is actually going through the slides and practicing. So I divide all those up so that each step actually makes sense to me. Because you, what you're saying right now is I need to finish the presentation. Right. It's a vague sort of topic. And that's why it kind of is, it's difficult for you to get done because there's not like a hard, this is what I need to do. You're saying I need to finish it. What you need to do is I need to create slides. I need to review those slides. I need to practice and then I need to deliver the presentation. So there's four discrete steps. Once you separate out into those, it's a little easier to say, okay, I've got an hour. I'm going to create my slides. All right, I have this time. Uh, the other issue is, yeah, you have to be motivated to get certain things done. And everything on that list is going to do one of two things. It's either going to attract you or it's going to repel you. 
and you need to recognize which of those things are repelling you and then figure out why that is. And most of the time it's because it doesn't make sense. If I have, you know, present on presentation skills, all right, which is how my presentation for Thursday actually started out. That doesn't make any sense. I can't present it. It's not together yet. Um, like, what are the steps I need to do to actually put it together? And once I had that done, uh, now I'm ready for it. So, Do you create a new project every time that happens, or do you just add more steps in your general list that you already have it in? Uh, so that's a great question, because one of, if you read through David Allen's book and some of the other uh, productivity uh, resources, uh, you want to have a specific action step. And if something's going to take more than one step, it should be a separate project on its own. So something like a presentation is going to be a project because it takes multiple steps. Something like reply to so-and-so about X on an email, that's just a step, so I can just write that down. So in my system, I have certain categories set up and if it's something like a presentation or a, a larger project, I turn it into a new category so that it has specific steps that lead to its completion. Because otherwise it's very vague and then you don't really know what to do with it. Uh, you know, plan spring break vacation, okay? There's a lot of steps that go into that. Um, so that's a project of its own, and then I can go through as far as, you know, look up where we want to go, you know, look on VRBO for, you know, houses. You know, reserve the house, tickets, pack, pack cars. up, get, get your packing list together and, and all that. So there's certain steps that go together with it. So that's how I arrange it. And I think if you're having trouble getting through a certain project, that's probably the first kind of practice I would do. Well, I think it goes to the idea that sometimes you have an idea or a project you need to accomplish and the thought of the project is really overwhelming because there's so many components that go into it. Even planning a vacation could be overwhelming. Okay, we got to decide where we're going, how are we going to handle this? where are we going to fly into and out of and where are we going to stay? But if you actually break it down into the individual components then you can create a checkoff list, which is a lot of how we get things done as we subset our projects and things like and that. And the checkoff list makes you feel so good. If you can go through on any day and just check some things off, like even if it's something simple, right. you, feel, you feel good about it. But then those individual steps become manageable and the, the overall project all of a sudden comes together much easier. So I think that's, my wife does that all the time. Hey, let's talk about this. And it's like this overwhelming, big, vague idea. And I'm like, I I literally do not have the mental capacity to talk about that right now. But if you if she broke it up into a couple smaller things, like you know, then I can be, I can I can manage that. My simple little brain can handle this smaller concept where the big concept is just too much. Mind blown, boom. So one of the things I really struggle with with all of the getting things done, and I think it's probably one of the big cruxes of the entire thing is this process of review and keeping on top of that. So what is your view or process that you use for the kind of review step? So, so this is tough in, in our careers because the, the way this was initially set out was meant for people who had regular day jobs during the week, they went to their work at the same time, and they would say, all right, you do your weekly review on you know Friday afternoon because you know you're going to have the weekend off, and that way you start Monday morning ready to go because you know exactly what you're going to do. And, and our jobs are different, like you have some, weeks you'll have five shifts, some weeks you'll have three shifts, uh, and depending on when those shifts are and when the kids are in school and when my wife's working, I, I don't know on a given week until I look at it at the beginning of the week when I'm going to have time to actually sit down and do work. So th the way I typically do it is figure out before I've got a string of days that I can actually do work is sit down and look at the calendar, look at my to-do list, and kind of map out the week as far as what I need to get done. Um, the calendar is a big part of that because if anything needs to be done by a certain date, it should be on your calendar. And especially uh, for, I mean, all of us are married, you're 
wife should be seeing that calendar too so that they know that that needs to be done. I know you mentioned blocking off time for your review so that you know your wife knows that that's time you're not available. It's very important to do that on time that you're not on a shift to block off and say, I'm not going to be around during this time. This is when I need to work. That's something that I has probably actually made a huge impact in our family life at home is I finally, probably two months ago, connected our calendars. And it's been amazing because now she can look on our calendar and see mine and I can look at the, my calendar and she doesn't really send anything to me. But at least she knows what I'm doing because my, my life is way crazy than hers. I, I pretty much know her schedule. She's going to be Monday through Thursday. It's more, it's more variable. Yeah. Don't don't ever pretend that you're doing more than your wife. It's Tanner. more not variable. I did not. It's a rookie mistake, buddy. Rookie <laughs> mistake. Thank you. He's the, the newest wed. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Still learning. So. Yeah. A young fledgling in the married life. But there's there's a huge huge bonus to sharing the calendars, yeah. which is there's a misconception I think amongst people who don't do emergency medicine that your day off is you have not, there's nothing to do. You have a day off. Yeah. But when you put on your calendar all the things that you have going on on a given day or the projects that you're going to work on and you block out time to do those things, my wife pulls up my calendar. She goes, she'll actually remind me about meetings that I have on my calendar. Like, oh, hey, you got a meeting on Wednesday at 7 a.m., so I'm going to take Teddy in. Are you going to be able to pick him up? I see you have two or three other things going on. And it frames what my day is going to be like in their mind, which then relieves a little bit of burden of maybe the honey-do list going on. But then also there's just that knowledge of we're both in a busy life together. I, I know you have a regular schedule. I don't have a regular schedule, but we both have a lot going on now. How can our two schedules mix? And it's huge. It's absolutely And I would huge. say the, the calendar makes it even a bigger deal when your kids are bigger because I've got a son that plays football and a daughter who's in dance and the younger one that's starting tumbling. And so it's just like this. Our nights off are like literal like madhouses to where if we didn't share calendars and actually every week sit down and be like, what are we doing this week? Our life would probably be awful. Do they have tumbling or like adult night at tumbling? I would love to see I you tumble. Oh, me tumble? Yeah. You want to see me tumble? I want to see you tumble. Do I have to wear like a Let's not, or something? Can we stop this? this is, I'm not <laughs> Next episode will be Andy tumbling. Right. Right. So I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was on actually um, MRAP covered it or maybe it was MCRIT. One of them where it actually said we should, you should go so far in your calendar. One person's advice was to schedule everything. So Lloyd, you're big into running and biking and you know I, I try to keep up with you a little bit. But blocking off that time on your calendar, like these two hours, I'm going to be, this is my workout time. Uh, on Wednesday night, I have off. This is going to be our daytime, and you put that kind of stuff on the calendar so you yeah. know not to fill it in with other things. Like somebody gives you a meeting request, it is an optional meeting. You're like, hey, guess what? That's already blocked off my yeah. two-hour run that day. I'm I'm not willing to sacrifice my run, and that way you have to maintain not just your work things to get done, but your home and personal things to get done too. Because if you're only putting on your work things, then work takes over, takes priority over other things because that's what pops up all the time. So there's a, there's a balance act with what you're prioritizing too. Well, it's, it's all about communication. Because when, when I first started doing this, I did that. I dumped everything onto the calendar. And like two days later, Julie was asking, she was like, what the heck did you do to the calendar? What is all this stuff? <laughs> and you have to realize that a lot of that is just time that I need to have blocked off. She doesn't need to know what I'm doing during that time. And that's what was creating all the clutter. And, and you make a great point with like blocking out your own kind of wellness. I This summer and fall was the first time that I actually put down, because as you guys know, I'm training to run my first marathon, and put down like the miles each day that I wanted to run. And I, I haven't done that, like gotten out for every run that I wanted to. But she can look at it and see, all right, Sunday morning, he's going to go run 18 miles. I know that he's going to be gone for, you know, a couple hours in the morning. And that just makes it easier instead of me randomly waking up and leaving uh, and leaving her wondering to where I'm going or how long I'm going to be gone. So that review, if, uh, if, if you have someone else who is going to be dependent on the calendar and the time that you are spending doing work or 
uh, anything else, the communication, having them part of that weekly review is very important. Uh, and do a monthly review, like come out and, you know, kind of, all right, for this next month, what does our work schedule look like and, and how busy are we going to be uh, is really helpful and it's, it's, it's good for your relationship too to have that communication there. Anything else on that list, Lloyd, sitting in front of you that we uh, need to cover on how to get things done, or do we need uh, to save this for episode number two? Nope, just just briefly finishing up uh, kind of two uh, two things I'll leave you with. Um, number one is you're getting into this, and you, you do your, your brain dump, and you have everything out in front of you, and you worry, like you said, about how am I going to actually get things done. Uh, John Janikus, uh, is he works in our company, and he was really into this. He was actually one of the ones that kind of introduced me to the, the whole process. And he said, if you can pick three things a day uh, to get done, and they could be something simple. So like this morning, my three things today are, number one, I had to get pork in the crock pot before I left to come do this with you guys. Number two, I need to do the podcast with you guys. And number three, I got to go to Dix this afternoon and pick up some shin guards for Lucas because he's got his first soccer practice tonight. So those are like my three things. All right, I got two of them done already. And after my run, I'll go to Dix. So there's other things on the list, but those are like the three things that I've decided the have must to be use. done today. And uh, as you can see, like, they're all pretty simple. Uh, and you have that sense of accomplishment at the end, just to check, check, check. The, uh, the other thing I would say is, because I've fallen off the wagon multiple times, is it's okay to fail with this. Like, I know after, our, uh, after my daughter was born, I've got three kids, and uh, for probably the good six, eight months afterwards, uh, we were, for reasons at work, we were all working about 150 hours a month on top of non-clinical stuff and newborn at home with two older boys. And uh, it was all about putting out fires. Like, you know, whatever came up, just take care of it and get it done. There was no advanced planning really at all because you're kind of just in survival mode. Uh, but if you've got that process to kind of get yourself back on and dump everything down into the system and collect it all again, uh, you'll be able to get back on track a lot faster. But you have to be okay with not doing well for a short period of time. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen, I think, the failure process with this because it's not, it's not a pickup and automatically you're an expert at it. Uh, I've definitely fallen off the wagon a couple times already, but every time I've come back on, it's easier that next time and it gets faster and you, get, you pick up something else that is more efficient and you find a new avenue, whatever it is. It's, it's kind of fun to see how it progresses. I don't think I've ever made it on the wagon. I'm still like holding on to the very end of it, maybe the rope off the back, and sometimes the rope gets a little longer. Sometimes I kind of like rein it in, but I'm still looking for that wagon. Every time I fall off the wagon, I hit Drew on the way down as he's holding <laughs> on to the back. If I'm getting off, so are you. That's knocking me off, too. It's, it's, it's awkward. Uh, and, and then the, the last thing I'll say, because I know uh, a lot of other residents and med students listen in with you guys, is you know sometimes you have the uh, the thought that once you get through medical school, things are going to be easier and your schedule will open up. Or once you get through residency, things will be easier and your schedule will open up. And, and Andy can probably attest to this. It It is not going to get any easier. There will always be more stuff. No matter what you do, there is always more stuff. Uh, so this is just good for your own personal health and wellness and to eliminate stress is to, to try to get on board with something that will offload your brain. Absolutely. Lloyd, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks this for having me. an awesome session. I think it's we great. have probably a follow-up session uh, or two after this. I do want to, as we close, say one thing. We uh, had a um, Pet Peeves episode that aired uh, recently, and apparently it rubbed some, uh, rubbed some feathers the wrong way, uh, particularly at our shop. Just want to say, first of all, that was nothing personal. This was all in good fun. I uh, want to apologize to anybody who we might have bothered or ruffled or, or offended doing that. That was not the intention. It was just a, uh, a, a lighthearted session that some people interpreted um, uh, a little too seriously. So, And I would just like to say as a guest that I was not here for the Pet Peeves episode, so in no way was responsible. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Thank you.